0: Welcome to Victory Christian Centre. You're about to hear Pastor Vanessa Schlugel as she brings a message of Sunday service. And so today's week four, and we're going to be looking at the prayer of faith, as well as the prayer of agreement. What does that look like? Uh, And it's going to be a very practical teaching, um, and we are going to first of all define the prayer of faith, what it looks like, and then we're going to look at steps to use To prepare yourself to pray, and then what we do to be able to pray the prayer of faith. So it's going to be very practical. And so, keeping in mind that the last three weeks has really been laying a foundation, and uh, in the first week we addressed uh, God. Does God need me to pray? And so I'd encourage you, if you haven't listened to these different series, the last three, then get online, jump on our YouTube channel and have a look because we're laying a foundation, I believe, very carefully so that you can have faith to be able to approach God in prayer. And so does God need me to pray? And the answer was absolutely, He does need you to pray. Uh, we are co-laborers together with Christ in the earth. God has given us the authority, and so God needs us to pray. Um, not only that, we you answer the question, um, God is not only able to... to to answer our prayers, but is he willing? And we absolutely answered that prayer, uh, or answered that question um, um, in previous sessions as well, that God is not only able to answer, but he's also willing to answer our prayer. We also talked about the um, different patterns of prayer, and we said that um, Jesus, he introduced a new pattern for prayer in the New Testament and that pattern is to approach Father God in the name of Jesus that had never been done before they had never addressed in the Old Testament they had never called God Father he was called Jehovah and he had a whole lot of different redemptive names where he was addressed And um, but then he says in that day you're going to ask me nothing but whatever you ask the Father in my name he will do it until now you've asked nothing in my name ask you will receive that you joy may be filled. And so this was a radical new teaching that we were actually going to be able to call God Father. He was called Jehovah. And as I approached it and I talked about that, that he was on the mountain, you know, with the children of Israel and the fire and the flames and the thunder and the children of Israel said, do not let God, do not let us come near God you approach God for us. Whereas Jesus is saying, no, you can come boldly to the throne of grace and you can obtain mercy and find help in time of need. And so that's an amazing foundation. Then last week, we had a look at the prayer of consecration, dedication and consecration, and that deals with the heart. And when our heart is right, the Bible says that we actually have a clear conscience. And if our conscience is clear, then we actually have faith towards God. And so with that, We've laid a foundation, we've put the pillars in place, and now we are ready to launch out, and we are able to now pray the prayer of faith and uh, get results. And so today is not going to be a teaching on faith. I started to get myself totally into the detail on faith, and uh, my husband reminded me, uh, Vanessa, this is not a teaching on faith. It's the teaching on the prayer of faith. And so I culled out all my notes and came back to what I'm supposed to be talking about, the prayer of faith. <laughs> I thought, oh, goodness me, it's just getting too much for me. You know, this, All of this. Um, and, and so anyway, so let me, let me open up with um, the scripture in James that actually addresses the prayer of faith. Uh, And it says that the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And so let's read that right now in um, James uh, chapter five um, and verse 14 and 15. It says, Anyone among you uh, sick, let him call for the elders of the church and then let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. The prayer of faith, Will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. Now, when Stefan and I learned this in the 1980s, in the mid 1980s, we thought, oh my goodness me, the prayer of faith saves the sick the Lord will raise them up. We thought we want to know how to pray this prayer because we want to know how to save the sick. We want to know and have people raised up from the deathbed. We want to know exactly how this prayer works so that we can see the results that God is promising in his word. And so we've been using this prayer since the mid-1980s when we came into this understanding and we've had prayers answered ever since using the principles, using the laws that govern this kind of prayer. It's been absolutely amazing. You see, because God has exceedingly great, precious promises. They're all in the Word. There's hundreds, thousands of promises in the Word. How do we get a hold of them? By faith. They're sitting in the book. It's our title deed, but we need to know how to draw on that. And they become our reality as we approach God using the prayer of faith. And so we could say that prayer is like the tool that we use, that God has given us, that we take a hold of it and bring it into our reality, into our own possession. And so that's what we're going to be looking at um, today. And so before I get into that, I want to address a a teaching that we've heard over the years at different times, and I believe that um, I'm going to clarify it because I believe it puts a question mark on the rules that govern the prayer of faith, Um, and it's the thinking um, that some people think that you need to ask God over and over and over and over again for a particular thing until finally you wear him out and then finally he will answer you because you're nagging him, as it were. And they get that understanding from a parable that Jesus taught um when it uh, taught the disciples, where it was the um, widow and the unjust judge who did not fear God. And there was this widow that was coming to this unjust judge, and she was saying, Avenge my adversities, avenge my adversities. And the judge wouldn't listen to her. And then eventually, because she would not stop coming to him, he th- thought, My goodness me, I will answer this widow, lest she weary me with her words. And so people can take that. Um, parable and they think well that's what we need to do. That we need to just keep asking and keep asking and keep asking God for the thing until finally he answers. Well we would like to refute any teaching on that. Um, to say, well first of all we are not the widow and, and and secondly God is not an unjust judge. He and so we cannot apply this scripture or this parable to our situation. And in fact, really the truth we believe is that Jesus would be saying that if this widow can get her prayers answered from an unjust judge, how much more will our heavenly father answer our prayers because we are his children? And so that would be our interpretation. How much more, if an unjust judge can answer a prayer, well then how much more can a God who loves us and is willing, is able and is willing, answer our prayer when we come to him with his word. And so let's have a look at here. Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8 answers that question. Jesus said, Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Right there is an answer here. To everyone who asks, they receive. To him who seeks, he finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. And so right there, for me, when I read that scripture, I think all I need to do is ask, and I'll receive. All I need to do is seek, and I will find. All I need to do is knock on the door, and my goodness me, the everlasting doors, the King of glory comes on in, and he will answer on my behalf. Here's another scripture in John 16, which we have looked at, but let's read it again. John 16, verse 23 to 24, Jesus talking, he says, most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask, whatever, you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Well, right there, there's the signature. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. And so these scriptures and many others can give us confidence when we approach God that whatever we ask, we're gonna receive. Why? Because God wants our joy full. He wants us to be filled with joy that we've got a loving heavenly Father that's on our side who's not withholding any good thing from us. Any good thing from us, He gives us freely. Look, there is no one in the in the in the Gospels that you can read where somebody came to Jesus and He said, "No, I'm not going to give you healing or deliverance." Everybody who came to Him received their healing and their deliverance. And Jesus said, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." Praise the Lord. So, with that, what we're going to do is we're going to have a look at an overview of the prayer of faith. And this is just going to be a summary and give a whole overview on what the prayer of faith looks like. And then we are going to um, break it down and we're going to have a look at how to prepare ourselves before we pray. And that's really important before we launch off in prayer. And then how do we pray the prayer? And then what do we do after we've prayed? So we're going to cover all of that. um, And then I'm going to give a few testimonies of ourselves personally. Then we're going to have a look at the the prayer of agreement uh, and just have a brief definition of what that looks like. So let's have a look. And then the outline you've got really is a tool that I would take away and I would just use it. And to use it as a step-by-step process until you become fluent on how to pray the prayer of faith. So here we go. The prayer of faith is used primarily for ourselves, okay, for our own personal desires or our needs. And we're going to have a look at that in a minute and see where that is in Scripture. We cannot force our desires or what we want on anyone else. Everybody else needs to come to God for themselves with their own faith and approach God. And so we can't just desire and push our faith on someone else. They need to have faith for themselves. And so it's for our personal needs. Number two, the prayer of faith is prayed once. So that's why I was addressing that parable, because the prayer of, pl- of faith is, pl- is prayed once concerning a specific need. Uh, and we don't need to ask God twice. Twice if we believe God heard us the first time and has answered, why would we pray a second time? Because then we're actually saying we don't believe he heard us the first time when we know he did. So it's prayed once, and then after that, we need to thank God for the answer. Here's another one. Number three, the prayer of faith does not pray the problem. Um, God knows the problem. God knows the challenge that we're having. What does God need? God needs faith. God needs his word. God needs the title deed to what he's given us. We need to come before him. And so God will confirm his word. With signs following mark uh, mark 16 chapter uh, verse 20 says he will confirm his word what with with signs following so god is looking for his word the amount of times that you come into a prayer meeting in different situations and people are praying the problem and telling god the problem and telling god the story no he doesn't need to hear the story he needs faith he needs to hear our faith what are we saying and so that's where we're approaching god number four The prayer of faith believes it receives when we pray. Now this is key. This is real key. The prayer of faith believes it receives when we pray, then we shall have. And so there's a technicality there, and once we get our head around it, it will work for us. Not only that, the other, another key is that and when you stand praying, that you need to forgive if you have anything against anyone. And this is really, really important. I tell you, over the years with Stephen and I being married and how you can get upset with each other at different times, but we always used to know that we needed to forgive each other because while we we're in unforgiveness towards each other, our prayers and our faith is not working and we cannot afford to negate what we're doing. And so don't let the sun go down on your anger. And so we would have to look at each other and say, sorry, you know, (laughs) and then get back into it and know that, hey, we can't afford to lose all of the stuff that we've been lining up and believing God for because we're in strife with each other or in unforgiveness. And so absolutely, here it says here that when you pray, you need to forgive if you have anything against anyone. Otherwise, the prayer is not going to work. Okay, so now let's have a look. That is an overview of the, of the prayer of faith. And so now let's have a look at the practical steps to prepare ourselves and then to pray uh, the prayer of faith. And so in Mark chapter 11.24, this is a t- whole teaching on faith. Jesus gives a demonstration on what faith looks like when he cursed the fig tree and, um, and said, no man eat fruit of you hereafter. And then they went away, and they came back, and they seemingly could not see anything wrong with the tree. Then they came back again the following day, and within a 24-hour period, um, Peter said, Jesus, the fig tree that you have cursed has dried up from its roots. And then he turned around and said, have the faith of God. This is how this is how the faith of God works. You can speak into a situation. Nothing may change in the natural, but the, 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 the word of God has gone to the root of, of that situation it's dried it up from its roots. And then in a matter of time, you will see it manifest in the natural realm. It's a whole teaching on faith. And that's when he said, you speak to the mountain. Faith will speak to the mountain, command it to be removed, cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you say shall be done, you will have whatever you say. It's the whole teaching on faith, which I don't have time for. So we're gonna go from there into the next verse where he says, therefore I say to you, Whatever things you ask, whatever things you ask, the King James says, whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. And so that is where we're getting a breakdown on how to pray the prayer of faith. So first of all, the prayer of faith works for you. Jesus said, whatever things you desire. So there we are, whatever things you desire. So what are you desiring? And somebody will say, well, God, how do I know that God's going to grant my request? Because the Word says so. The Word says so. We're not walking by feelings. We're not walking by somebody's opinion. I'm going to the Word. I've got Scripture that says He will answer my prayer. And so, therefore, I have confidence that this is actually about me. It's not about someone else. It's actually about what I desire. All right. So, number two, the prayer of faith needs to be based on the word of God, it needs to have a basis of the Word of God. The foundation for prayer, the prayer of faith, is the Word. Paul says, we preach the word of faith. And so the word that we see in the Bible is called the word of faith. Why? Because when it's preached, faith rises in the heart of a person. And so we have a, have a teaching on that again in Romans 8, where Jesus said, "How can people get saved?" Unless they hear. And how can they hear unless somebody tells them? So therefore, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith for salvation comes by hearing the word of salvation. Faith for healing comes by hearing a word on how Christ is our healer. Faith for provision comes from hearing, teaching and understanding on that God is the supplier of all of our needs. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who is our healer. No good thing will he withhold. That God said to Abraham, I will bless you so much the nations will envy you and so there's scripture and so when we hear scripture on God's provision what happens is it's the word of faith it will cause faith to rise in our heart and then with that faith we reach out and we grab a hold of what God said and we make it into our own reality and so we need to base our prayer of what we want on the word of God okay so let's have a look. In fact, it says there, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So first of all, you're going to find some scripture. Us scripture or find scriptures on what you're basing your prayer on. Uh, and so God has, God has committed himself to make good that word. He, says, he said, I've exalted my word even above my own name. That's the value that God places on his word and his covenant with us that he's placed his word even above his own name. So for me, when I'm approaching God, I know that God, you have promised this. Therefore, I know that it is good for me in my life because you've exalted this word even above your own name. And so as we value what God has said in his word, then again, it gives us confidence towards God. And so, based on the word, I remember a, a, a teaching that Kenneth Hagen gave us when uh, when we were hearing about the word of faith, and he was saying sometimes people can take the prayer of faith and they can act in foolishness and presumptuous and start believing God for stupid and foolish things. Like he said in Tulsa, which was a very very hot state um, in the summertime, and he said he had some of his own students. He said that were sta- were holding ice creams and saying, in the name of Jesus, you will not melt. In the name of Jesus, and he. He says, I can't believe they're foolish students. He says, they're going to my Bible college and they're using foolishness to try and work their faith on some foolish um, exercise. And so I remember us sort of looking at them thinking, okay, God, we're asking for things in line with your word. Like you cannot turn around. Another example, he said, listen, if you're married, he says, you can't turn around and have faith that you want to marry someone else's husband. He says, how crazy is that? He, thinks, he says, things have got to be lined up with what the word is. Uh, and, And again, you may say, well, Vanessa, that's foolishness. Well, yes, but there's a lot of foolish things happening around in the body of Christ. And so we're doing it according to what the Word says. So now here we go. Number three, this is now before we pray. What are we going to do? So we're going to decide the things you desire of God. You're going to be specific. So again, Mark chapter 11, verse 24, what things you desire. So we're talking about things, and we're talking about the things that you desire. So we're talking about desires, we're talking about things. And so we need to be specific. Many people can be vague, um, and really thinking, oh, yeah, well, I just want God to bless me. Um, well, bless you with what? Uh, well, I don't know. And some people say, well, you know, and i ask them all, what are you believing for? Well, no- nothing in particular. Well, that's what you're going to get, nothing in particular. Because God needs us to be specific with what we are asking Him for. Otherwise, when it arrives, how do you know it will, it will have arrived? You won't. And so we need to be specific. And we've got a couple of examples of that here. And one of them is a blind Bartimaeus. And he was a, a beggar. And he was obviously blind and he was begging. And he was. Um, the Bible says that when he'd heard about Jesus, he started to shout out. And he started to shout out and say, Jesus, son of Nazareth, he began to cry out. And he said, son of David, sorry. He said, have mercy on me. And so he started to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he started calling out, calling out. And the people were saying, be quiet, be quiet. And then all of a sudden, Jesus heard him. And Jesus stopped. And he said, look, bring him to me. And so they brought, they, they brought um, Bartimaeus to him. And as Bartimaeus was coming, he threw off his cloak. And then he came to Jesus, and Jesus said to him, what would you have me to do for you? Well, when you ask Jesus that, and you hear, and you're reading that, well, Jesus, you're asking a blind man what you want, what he wants you to do for him. Doesn't that make sense that he wants to, to see? Well, no, he was a beggar. He could have been just saying, son of David, can you please give me some money? Because he was a beggar. And so Jesus asked him, what do you want me Do for you. Have a look at it in the scripture. So, throwing off his garment, he rose and came to Jesus, and Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. And then Jesus said, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and started to follow Jesus. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. It wasn't Jesus' faith that made this man well. It was his own faith. As soon as he was specific, Jesus said, according to your faith, it shall be done unto you. And right now, it's according to our faith. When we are praying, the results that we get, it's according to our faith that it is done unto us. And so time and time again, we see in the gospels that you see people approach Jesus and it was their faith that made them well. And if it's their faith that made them well, then that means that my faith can make me well because God is no respecter of persons. You have a look at the centurion. He was a Roman centurion, and he had a servant that was at the point of death. And he came to Jesus, and he said, "Jesus, he said, I am not worthy that you would come under my roof." He says, "But you speak a word only, and my servant shall be healed." And Jesus said, "Well, I can come to your, I can come to your house." He said, "No, no," he says, "I don't need you to come to my house. You just speak a word only, and it shall be." And Jesus said. According to your faith, it shall be done. And the centurion went to his house, and the selfsame same hour his servant had been raised up. It was according to his faith. He was specific. He said, you just send the word. He said, I'm a man under authority, and I say to this one go, that one go, this one come, this one come. He said, I also am a man under authority. You just speak the word. I understand you have authority in the spirit realm to just release a word, and it shall be done. And Jesus said, my God, I haven't found such grain faith. No, not in all Israel a centurion, a Roman soldier, why all he needed was speak the word only. What is great faith? Speak the word only, and it shall be. We had the woman with the issue of blood, and she was coming in the crowd. And what was her specific desire? She said, if I may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And so she pushed through the crowd. She shouldn't have been there because she had an issue of blood. She shouldn't have been in a crowd at that time. And so she pushed through. She touched his clothes, and immediately she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And when she touched his clothes, the Bible says, Jesus turned around and said, Who's touched me? And the disciples said, Jesus, you see the, the, the crowd thronging you, and you ask who touched you? And he turned around to look at her who had done this thing. And he says, Daughter, your faith has made you well go in peace and be healed of that plague. And so this was her faith. She didn't even ask Jesus. She took it. She said, as soon as I touch, well, what was the hem of his garment? He was, he, he was representing a priestly anointing. And that priest was healing on the garments of the priests. And so she touched that healing, and she grabbed a hold of it, and that's why Jesus addressed her daughter of Abraham. Why did he address her daughter of Abraham? Because daughters of Abraham have a covenant with God that Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, is the Lord, my healer. And so she was taking a hold of that, and according to her faith, she received her healing. And so she was very specific you had somebody like Jairus who was a, a, a um, Pharisee. He was a, a leader of the synagogue and his daughter was sick and at the point of death. And he come to Jesus and he said, Jesus, he said, you come to my house and you lay your hands on her here, and she shall be healed and she shall live. That was his faith. Come to my house, lay your hands on her and she shall be healed and she shall live. And so Jesus came. To that house. In the meantime, the child had died, and Jesus spoke to Jairus and said, Listen, when that news came that she's dead, Jesus spoke to Jairus and said, Listen, he says, Do not fear, only believe. Do not fear, only believe. Only believe what, Jesus? Believe what you said at the beginning when you released your faith. Come to my house, lay your hands on her, she shall be healed, she shall live. And so he pulled Jairus in. Don't let your mind get off into fear right now. Keep your faith in place, and I will come to your house. I will lay hands on her. She shall be healed, and she shall live. According to his faith, it was done unto her. She had died, he raised her from the dead, and she was made whole. And so we need to be specific with what we believe in God for. Taking the time before we release our faith in prayer, get it all organized, then release our faith. Praise the Lord. So being specific. Number four, now we're ready to pray. So when we pray, what are we going to do? We are going to ask the Father for the thing that we desire. And we're going to use the New Testament pattern for prayer. We're going to come to the Father in the name of Jesus, and we are going to receive. Not only that, over the years, Stephen and I have written down what we have prayed, because after a while, you're praying so many different things, that your mind can be overwhelmed with, you've prayed for this, you're praying for this, you're praying for family, praying for children, praying for, and thinking, okay, when did I pray that? And, And what did I say? And when did I release my faith? And so oftentimes, especially in the early days, we would write everything down in a document so that when fear would come or doubt would come, we had it written down. The Bible says, write the vision, make it plain so that he that reads can run with it. And so we would write these things down. And so,